This is the Creative Agency Podcast, where we explore the strategies, aspirations, methods, and mistakes behind growing and maintaining a successful creative agency. Greetings, fellow creatives, freelancers, and agency folk. It is I, Chris Bolton, the Indiana Jones of creative agency exploration. Today, I have Ben and Pamela Butler of Top Hat IMC joining us. Top Hat IMC is a boutique creative agency located in Pittsburgh. Ben and Pamela are a power couple that manage both their agency and their marriage with a great deal of enthusiasm, and they do a particularly great job of differentiating themselves, and that's not an easy thing to do. It's the elevator pitch or your unique selling proposition. Ben and Pamela have theirs down pat. We're also going to chat about balancing work and home life when you work with your significant other and talk about some of the tools and systems that Top Hat IMC uses. Don't forget to stick around for the takeaways at the end of the show. Oh, and one more thing. I'm thinking about recording some agency horror stories for Halloween coming up this year, 2016. So if you've got a terrible tale of agency misfortune, um, write it up and send it to me at chris at creativeagencypodcast.com. And I might just have you on the show to tell your story. Now let's chat with Top Hat IMC. So today I have husband and wife agency owners, Ben Butler and Pamela Butler of Top Hat IMC in Pittsburgh. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Of course. Um, So I guess we'll start out with just maybe if one of you or both of you could talk a little bit about what Top Hat IMC is. I'd love to dive in there. And this is going to answer two questions in one. So Top Hat IMC, we're an integrated marketing communications agency in Pittsburgh, we're a boutique, uh, five-person team, and so the Top Hat IMC, the IMC is that integrated marketing communications, and what that stands for and really who we are is, I, I think the best way to say it is holistic practitioners in the communication space. So what we've taken is we've identified and asked ourselves the question, what are every single point in the communications journey that the most successful communicators in the whole world are doing? And so we've identified that journey. So we help clients from, you know, stage one all the way down to the last stage and every point in between. And so that's what Top Hat IMC, that's what we do. And that's what that IMC stands for. Nice. So you're typically when you when you engage with a client, you're the, the first thing you do is often sort of communications related. Is that true? You know, it really depends because the uh, t- take you through the journey very quickly the five points in the integrated marketing communications journey, that full holistic spectrum, first is you have to understand, and these go in, dis, uh, you know, in order of importance and they build on one another. First is you have to understand your ideal customers. You can't do anything effectively without that. Second, you have to have a compelling brand and not just, you know, you know this very well. Some people are like, oh yeah, a brand is a logo, but it's a <laughs> formal strategy of not only how you're going to communicate visually and writing and across all platforms, department from department to department, but also what are your values? That would be second. Third would be a compelling website because the website is the crossroads of every single thing you do from a billboard to a PR campaign to you name it, there's going to be a crossroad to the website. To four, having a formal strategy that isn't biased to 
any of the disciplines. Some people get real caught up in advertising, marketing, PR. It doesn't really matter. You just got to fish where the fish are. And that's what that strategy identifies to do. And then last but not least is you have to implement on that. So what we do is, is we take people through that entire journey. We can take them through one stage. We can take them through multiple stages. So the first thing we'll do is kind of figure out, you know, what does this organization need? And a lot of people come to us for maybe one thing, but then we take them through the whole journey and they're like, you know what? We have no idea who we're trying to reach. And it's like, well, you can't really do a strategy then. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I know that as an agency, um, my agency, Murmur Creative, is is sort of um, approaching things in, in a similar way, not quite as communications-based. We are you know, primarily a design firm, but we are getting more and more into strategy, more and more into messaging and sort of the research and the branding process with clients. And you do discover you know, the, you know, you guys are asking for a website, but you've got other issues. We got to start somewhere else, (laughs) start a little farther back in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, people get so, speaking of marriage, same, you know, (laughs) little pun there, uh, people get so married to this ideal of something. And so when someone comes in, they might say to you, you know what, we need a website, but it's like, hey, you know what? You don't even have a brand. You don't have a brand strategy. And so what we're going to do here, the website is going to be completely made up. You know, it's going to be whatever we think is best from whatever we have to look at. And so, you know, oftentimes people come in and you have to just break the truth to them, you know, tell them. And that's what we're all about. Is this, And we'll get into this more when we talk about the USP. And people are probably like, what's a USP? There's that jargon <laughs> nonsense. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to just be honest and, you know, you might lose prospects, but, you know, oftentimes you get the best ones from that. So couldn't agree more. Short story long. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. Um, so how long has um, Top Hat um, IMC been around? Feels like forever. No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> um, we've officially been in operation for three years and three months. And what were you, you guys were not working together before that? Uh, no, I was actually working at a cyber school in their marketing department, um, right out of college. And then, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but then we decided to work together. So he was doing that and then I was doing something separately, but still in the same field. Gotcha. Um, and, and you said there were five employees. Yeah, we have five employees and a, a fairly unique structure from just, you know, talking with other agencies and getting to know what other people are up to. Um, there's a head of client success, and that person is the the first point of contact all the way down through the last point of contact. So they they are the go-to point of contact for the client, and they manage all the work. So mm-hmm. it's this hybrid model of, and I'll get into why we did this, and of course it takes a very unique person to do it, but um, and why we did this. But they're they're doing anything from sales to project management to you know troubleshooting and all that good stuff mm-hmm. they are leading the show with the client there's a communications manager which is pamela's role we have two graphic designers that's pretty self-explanatory and then we have a digital specialist who you know anything digital nerdiness and there's i mean the digital realm it is this wide open frontier so you need someone who is always staying up to date with mm-hmm. what is the next and best thing so that's um, our team structure nice so no developers yeah, so the digital specialist acts as a, a developer as well, mm-hmm. and then currently, uh, as it stands right now, I'm the actually the head of client success. Um, I dive in a lot on development as well um, to assist, mm-hmm. and if need be, 
you know, sometimes take on my own projects there. So, oh, interesting. Uh, but that falls under the digital development or, or the digital specialist role because it's from our experience, it's, you know, digital and the, the mastery of digital is a very holistic thing. And you'll hear us say holistic probably 70 times here, but <laughs> you know, a knowledge of SEO is going to directly contribute to a knowledge of how to code properly all the way down to the HTML structures, uh, to the schema markup language. That's all SEO. So if you just say, Oh, I'm going to do, you know, page titles, you're missing something in the development process. And mm -hmm. so putting that role together and saying, I understand SEO. I understand that the markup language has to be a certain way, that this website has to be lightning fast, that it has to be SSL secured, that all these things in a coding sense are going to influence the overall SEO, but also understanding the other side of the post-launch equation. And so we've grouped that into one role and really it takes a dynamic person to, to fulfill any role on our team, uh, but especially that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And, you know, my role as sort of the strategy director at Murmur Creative is often sort of, you know, I wear the SEO hat and I wear the strategist hat and, and the copywriter hat, but I, uh, I, I never got very good at coding. So, <laughs> but yeah, in a small agency, you wear a lot of hats is what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, a propose for you guys since you're called top hat. So <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What is your pricing like for your clients? Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure some people are drooling on the other side of the airwaves right now. <laughs> you know, dry dry washing their hands. <laughs> I won't give any specific pricing numbers. Um, and really, the honest truth is, we price everything to the project, and mm -hmm. so it's really hard to give. Um, you know, here's a range because it really depends on the need of the project, the scope. Some people come in for all five steps of the journey and obviously that's going to cost some that's going to cost some cash, you mm -hmm. know, that we take all in $100 bills in a suitcase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> four out of the five major services that we offer, so ideal customer research, branding, website design and development and communication strategy, those are all project based because they're they have set deliverables they have set deadlines, things like that. And then the fifth would be a retainer model because it's implementation and we're doing month-to-month -month activities. So four out of five are going to be project and then the last is going to be retainer. Um, so how do you, you don't have to say the actual numbers, but how do you sort of figure out the price of something? Are you sort of looking at like the number of hours that go into it? Or are you sort of doing more value-based pricing? Um, sort of like how will this benefit the client and how much is it worth to them? Yeah, I... That's a really good question. It's it's a mix of value and time. I think it has to be. You can't do one or the other. You know, I think the value of any of the things that we offer, especially I mean, especially branding. I think branding is, you know, agencies either underprice or grossly overprice. And mm -hmm. you really have to be on the higher side because a brand is going to be with someone for the test of time if you do it right. So for us it's if an individual comes to us and says, I need a full brand built all the way from the ground up, I need literally everything that's involved in that before we launch in anything else, it's, you know, it's going to look very similar to what that looks like for a, a major corporation because the value of that should last the test of time. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of cases, it's also the scope of work. So if a corporation comes to us and says, we want to, we have a specific plan to reach 
I don't know, we want to get a million customers by the end of the year. First of all, I'm going to pick myself up, up, up off the floor, but that's going to tell me the level of intensity that needs to go into it. And that's going to be a ton of work. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this intermediary point between those two. What is the value of what we're offering and what is the workload going to be? And those two combined will help us come up with a price based on, you know, what this individual or, or organization is actually trying to achieve. Yeah. One of the interesting things that we've found in pricing is that it's often easier to price a website as far as like the way that clients um, react. They expect to pay a lot for a website. They don't always expect to pay a lot for branding. And that's always kind of, you know, in a, in a way it's, it's funny because, you know, branding is in a way, way more valuable than having a website, <laughs> but, um, but that's usually how it goes. And we do, we don't charge as much for branding as we do for, for a website build. Um, so, you know, and that's based mostly just on, you know, client expectations. So we work with a lot of small businesses who haven't had the experience of going through the branding process and, and, or even building a website. So yeah, that's something that we've kind of struggled with is getting our our branding prices up to a sustainable level where we're actually making a profit. Usually we make most of our profit off of website builds. Yeah, that's I, I'm with you on that one. I wish we would we in the past would have charged more for brands and I had this weird visual come to mind. It's like people are coming in and they'll spend all this money for a car, but you know, if there's no person with no skeleton or muscles or molecules composing who they are, <laughs> you can't buy a car. So, I mean, in that crazy little picture I just painted, branding is the creation of the living, breathing being. You know, it's the it's the person. And then the website is a vehicle of that person that they use as a tool. And so, again, it's it goes all the way back to that journey. You have to have a brand first before you can actually f fulfillingly and truly create a website. And so, you know, just like that, if you're not a person and you're just dust, you can't buy a car, you know, and you can't use a car especially. But yeah, so I think explaining that to clients and we find the same pushback. It's like, well, I expected to spend a lot of money on a website, but not so much a brand. And I just, I wonder why that is, you know, that's just one of those strange things. Yeah, it is. It is odd. I mean, I guess it's a little bit ethereal, you know, it's kind of like something that's, that's kind of hard to grasp. A website is a very sort of solid thing you can interact with. A brand is not. Mm -hmm. I think just jumping off of that, one of the things that we've learned through a lot of trial and error is really just bringing awareness to your clients about what branding is and what it can do for you. Um, I think that's one of the most beneficial things from that that we've learned is, you know, just bringing that awareness and giving them examples of great brands that have worked so far and the process that it took in order to make those. Because, you know, like we've, we've all heard before that, you know, a lot of clients just don't understand that a brand is a process. It's a living, breathing thing that can um, evolve with time. Um, and like you said, the the website is something concrete that they can physically see, but sometimes a brand is kind of out there and they can't see it yet, but you just have to bring that awareness and explain that to them in a, in a way that they can understand. Mm -hmm. So um, what was one of the hardest lessons you guys had um, starting out with a Top Hat IMC? For all you, you listeners out there, I, we actually had that question to ponder for quite some time before this interview. And I got to tell you, there's so many things that we want to say here. And I think the hardest lesson that 
we have learned, and this is one of probably a thousand, but is to, and we're optimists, we're happy people. I'm sure you're listening. You're like, yeah, they sound pretty happy-go-lucky, but we truly, and this is something you have to learn. We prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. And that is the biggest cliche out there probably, but in the agency world, you have to prepare for doomsday and, you know, be out there hoping that things are going to go well. But I'll tell you the truth. If you don't prepare for the worst, you're often going to get the worst because this is the one of the toughest businesses there is. And if you don't go in with your, your stuff together and with a formal plan of how you're going to address anything from how are we going to make sure that this client doesn't have the means to take advantage of our agency in terms of maybe there's not something clear enough in the contract. Maybe there's a scenario that we didn't think of enough and didn't really build out in the contract. And this actually came from a really crazy story, and I'll keep it short, but more or less, someone hired us, and little to our knowledge, they hired another agency to do the exact same thing. And the project was full brand development. They hired two agencies simultaneously. They paid us a deposit. <laughs> we did all this work. And Pam, you re- you remember this individual. Just like we were just giving and giving and giving these really good ideas. We did, And we just kept going and going. And then this individual went silent for probably seven weeks. And by the time we heard from them, here's what they had to say. Hey, so we already got this taken care of. And we already now we have a full brand and we're going to need our deposit back. And for us, I mean, like we did it all the work. We did everything we could and we went as far as we could. But because our contract didn't specify that scenario, someone ate our lunch, you know, it, and it was a major, major, major loss for us. And so that was the hardest lesson to learn is, you know what? You have to think of the absolute worst possible scenario in the agency world from client to employee to unknown entity floating out there in the universe <laughs> who wants to destroy you. Because it seems like if you don't if you don't go out there with armor, that people are gonna find you. <laughs> They're gonna smell that blood in the water and eventually, you know, judge the loss, it could be catastrophic for your agency. And for us for any project-based agency losing the deposit and this person was going to sue us if we didn't because it wasn't in the contract uh losing the deposit was uh, catastrophic for us yeah have you i'm curious have you added a kill fee as well to your contract kill fee oh like if they want to um so basically a, a fee for them canceling the contract oh we've added a lot of stuff around it but mm-hmm. that is an interesting idea. Listen to my pen scroll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a kill fee in our contract. And um, we we did try to exact it once from a client. And um, he, was, he, he was not going to have it. But it was, we had actually, this client had come on, signed a big contract with us. We actually hired someone based on this contract. And then after like two weeks, they got cold feet and just pulled out completely um, before we really had done any work. And um, he signed a contract that had a kill fee in it. And we, he, first he said he was going to come back to us 
and do we'd finish up later start the project again later and then it was we you know obviously he just wasn't returning our calls it was over so we asked him for the kill fee and he just like lost it um so don't always you know <laughs> expect <laughs> that you know it wasn't worth it for us to sue this client we you know it but having the kill fee in there it makes you sleep a little bit better at night you know because you do you can invest significant resources. In our case, we hired someone based on the income we were going to get from this project. And we had to, you know, we suffered because we didn't get it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I feel like that is a story that I hear often from agencies is like this, this insane thing. But luckily, you guys, you know, although you, you probably could have got your kill fee, at least you thought ahead to prepare for that worst. That is, that is a great story. I love that. <laughs> yeah. We did keep the deposit luckily. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's a hard lesson to learn if you're not prepared and kind of a, we're again, we're happy go lucky people. Mm -hmm. We love life. We're friendly. And uh, we were just kind of like, yeah, you know what? Everything's going to be okay until it wasn't. So now we're, <laughs> we're bunnies with Gatling guns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for my next question, uh, what's, what's one change or shift that in your business that sort of where you felt you moved to the next level? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull the husband card here and say, bringing on my <laughs> wife. But, well, thank you. <laughs> that was definitely something that contributed to taking it to the next level. Just having, basically we live our agency, like we live that life together and we are, you know, there's no one who's going to fight harder than the people who own the business, in my opinion. And it, and you should look for people who are going to fight as hard as you will. But ultimately, at the end of the day, your your team, the people who own and have that stake inside, because you know what, like our heads on the chopping block every day. So we're going to fight as if our life depends on it. And we do and we do it together as a team. And so that was a pivotal moment just bringing Pamela on as part of the team and just us fighting for the same cause and all these years of she's been working for this person and I've just been grinding over here, you know, and she is, has her own responsibilities and couldn't dive in and help. Uh, you know, now we're on the same team, but also, you know, we're talking all about USB and all that good stuff. And again, that jargony term, you know, really figuring out who we are, what we do, and how we're going to do it. And so the biggest shift for us that took us all the way to the next level from an agency perspective besides, you know, team structuring and, you know, Pamela and I working together and all that stuff was coming up with the IMC journey that clearly defined what do we do? What do we actually do? And so many agencies, like you go to their website and they're like, we do public relations and social media. And those are just very scattered, in my opinion. You need to have a formal journey, a formal method and story about what you do and why you do it. And as soon as we figured out and said, you know what? We sat down, we came up with this journey. Everything has been different after that. We have a story to tell that people resonate with and make sense. And so defining our service offerings, but also meticulously, and I come from, uh, I used to work with Gray McKenzie, who is a, a, a previous guest, and what they advocate for, and Guava Box and Do Inbound advocate for, and I've worked with both of those organizations, is meticulous, meticulous attention to process 
detail. So every service you run should have a meticulous process for the team to carry out and for you to communicate to the client. So all of those things in tandem, they started happening and developing at the same time. Those are all mm -hmm. the things that took us from amateur to, you know, we're quickly rising, quickly growing, better clients every day, you know, just really climbing because of those things that we intentionally put in place. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said earlier, you know, brand is a living thing and it's a shame when you see people that aren't living their brand because it doesn't, it, it's not successful. And for us, that was the turning point was realizing that the brand is something that we truly believe in and something that we, we, we actually practice and live. And that's, um, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. It is. You got to, you know, practice what you preach. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, oh my gosh, I'm about to unleash a rant like you have not even heard when you get to our USB. Uh, <laughs> but basically, yeah, so many, so many agencies don't practice what they preach. You might look at our website and say our website is, you know, professional and good and looks like we do good work in the web space. But for us, it's always this journey of, okay, we do better work every single day because we're refining our craft and we got to continuously up the ante with what we're doing. But the bottom line is you have to be fearlessly committed to practicing what you preach. And uh, so many agencies just like, they're like, yeah, we're web developers in addition to this, that, and the other. And you go to their website and you have to go find the trash can because you're going to vomit. It's so bad. You know, it's like, that's <laughs> not good. So like Pam was saying, we truly live our, what we do the services we provide for our clients, we've tested on ourselves like guinea pigs and we have a lot of scars to prove it, but we practice it on ourselves first and really live everything mm -hmm. that we talk about and rant about and believe. It's just, it's happening every day. And that is so important to do. So we talked a little bit about um, you guys working together as husband and wife, and I actually have some um, familiarity with working with family because uh, my brother is the owner of Murmur Creative that I work at. But, you know, working with your spouse is kind of a whole nother level. How do you guys manage it? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, we found that one of the best things that you can do for each other and for yourself is really have separate workspaces because I'm sure as you know, and everyone else knows that if you're with somebody 24 seven together all the time, you'll probably end up strangling that person. And that's not what you <laughs> want to do. Um, so I work from our office a few days a week and I'm primarily at home, but that allows us to stay in contact all day. But it also gives us that freedom to go about our individual tasks without constantly running into each other. So we're always in constant contact with each other, but that doesn't mean we're face-to-face. -face. And that just gives us some breathing room to do our individual tasks and do what we need to do throughout the day. That makes sense. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's it's so it's so great you work with your family and you experience this. and But at the end of the day, you go home and your brother's probably not there, you know? Well... Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, no, he actually is. We, 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 uh, me and my family live upstairs and he lives downstairs. <laughs> well, well shoot cool. that one, but you guys <laughs> really love each other. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and as Pam will tell you, this is different for, you know, every, um, kind of family and every mm -hmm. significant other working with one another. What we found is that 
having that degree of separation between us and, you know, she's in the office, but she also has, you know, the flexibility to work from the home office. And that just gives us some breathing room. We're both, we have very similar personalities. And so sometimes those personalities can clash whenever we're face to face too often. And so that, like she said, that is one of the absolute greatest things that we ever did is to, you know, we have the luxury and the blessing to work together, but that doesn't necessarily mean we want to see each other 24 seven, you know, right. <laughs> so that degree of separation and sounds like, um, you know, hopefully you have some pretty long stairs between you two in that house. <laughs> so, Cause you honestly, like you have to have a little bit of breathing room when you work together with family. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. it's a fact of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, you know, we, we sort of operate different areas of the business. So, you know, oftentimes he's out doing, you know, he does photography or he's, you know, meeting with clients or I'm meeting with other clients. So it's not like we're face to face all day, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. We're actually, I'm going to actually be moving out in the next year or so. So that'll give us a little more, uh, a little more space. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you guys can make that work. And, and I think that, yeah, if you can make it work, working with family can be really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, when you're working with family, the, and this applies to any aspect of hiring for the agency, when you're working with family, sometimes it's, you talk to people and they're just like, well, we wanted to work together. So we started and, you know, you, you can't just do that. And you can't just do that with any hire because that hire will be an utter catastrophe. You have to set up specific roles and say to yourself, does this role actually make sense? And so I know you guys had a similar experience where you're like, you know what, what you're going to do is going to make a lot of sense. It's different. We need it. And so we had to do the same thing where it's Pam, Pamela was a, a necessary hire because we were growing and we needed that person on the team. And so, you know, after great consideration, we said, you know what, here are the very specific roles and responsibilities that you're going to take on. Here are my very specific roles and responsibilities. Here's the responsibility of this member of the team and this member of the team. So I think you can't just say, you know what, we're a family. We want to work together. That doesn't work. You have to right. treat it like any hire with those responsibilities and specific tasks that they're going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And as you know, with everything else that we've said, you have to have a process and you have to have that plan and you have to stick to it. And if you don't stick to it, mayhem will certainly ensue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about unique selling proposition. So identifying your USP is no easy task. And it's something that we've sort of been working on um, at Murmur Creative. I guess first, Let's start out and just have you describe what um, a USP, a unique selling proposition is for you guys. That's a great question. And let me answer your question with another question. You'll often hear this one, <laughs> what makes you different? And so the, the USP is the answer to that question is what makes you different? And really what the prospect is saying to you is there are a ton of agencies out there, a ton why on the green earth should I take time out of my day to talk to you more closely, let alone trust you with my money and my reputation? And so really that's what the USB should fulfill is answering that question in a way that makes someone feel so compelled to either run from you screaming because it's not a good culture fit or to run towards you with open arms because it's the best fit 
and the best agency they've ever heard of. So that's what it should convey emotionally. Definitely well put. Like Ben said, there are a ton of agencies out there. And if you don't distinguish yourself between the other people that are out there, or you and the other people that are out there, um, the chances of you getting lost in the shuffle are very likely. So it's really important to establish that from the beginning about what makes you different and really hone in on that that niche that you want to fit yourself into. And it, and it really seems important to have a unique offering that's different than everyone else. It seems like most agencies have some form of boilerplate on their website or something that they say to people, but many of them are generic and cookie cutter. So you just want to make sure that you're you're constantly improving and making sure that you are establishing your difference between yourself and others. How would you just, so how would you describe your USP to a a potential client? Yeah. So listeners, prepare yourself, everyone get ready because here we go. This is going to be potentially offensive to our agency folk. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? We, like Pam said, we live our brand. We truly are honest and sometimes to a fault, honest people. And so this is what our unique offering and differentiator is. From my experience, I've been on both sides. Pamela's been on both sides. We've experienced it and we've heard from our clients that, you know what? Most agencies, and again, this is the offensive part, most agencies suck. And that is hard to hear. But most agencies are not putting good words in the atmosphere about the agency industry. And so I feel like the agency industry itself has been marred by these bad malpractices. And we call these the sins of agency past, you know, these repeat offenses that most agencies do at some point, And a lot of agencies do a whole lot of, and we'll get into those in a minute, that really make prospects in the world skeptical of the value and the trustworthiness of an agency. And so we set up our USP on this notion of what are these sins of agency past? And then we talk about them, we call them out, and we then we use that as common ground because we hear, you would not believe the amount of prospects we hear say, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And I had this experience and I have a catalog of stories I've heard from clients that have influenced this and helped it to grow. But and we use that as our our basic narrative because when you're talking about communications, you have to establish common ground. There's so much noise, there's so many perspectives. And so you have to establish that common ground. And that's the common ground that we both stand on. And so basically what we are and what we offer is our unique agency structure that I mentioned uh, a little bit ago. We have one head of client success that handles everything from first communication to final fulfillment. That's our something very unique to us. And sure, we can't take on as many clients as we want because of that. It's limiting. We're a boutique by choice in that sense. But you know what? That head of client success has all of the context in the world in that relationship. And what happens is agencies often have someone who sells it, and then they have the project fulfillment team. And a lot of agencies will sell the moon, and the project fulfillment team comes in there and says, wait, what? We have to do what? (laughs) In what time, for what budget, are you crazy? And that's a bad experience about to happen for a client. So we address that and then talk about how it's different. 
Then we also talk about how, you know, sometimes clients are really upset because they can't get a hold of the agency that they're working with, you know? And I'm not talking about like they call you at 8 p.m. at night. I'm talking about like they send you an email and 72 hours, there's a response that comes out. That's the experience for a lot of people is that they don't feel like their voice is heard and these people actually care about them. And so again, our unique structure allows us to have these really, really tight-knit relationships with our clients. And a case in point is Pamela and I yesterday were at a client's house doing work. They trusted us enough and we had a good enough relationship that they invited us into their house for their meeting. It was insane. And so we build these really, really relationship-driven you know, partnerships that are focused on that high velocity of communication and responding very quickly to keep things rolling. And that's you know, another part of it. And I'll jump into three more very briefly. Instead of being vague and confusing, because most agencies, you ask them for a quote on something and they send you an email that says, it's going to be $10,000. And they don't talk about the why. You always have to have a why. And so instead of being vague and confusing, we, again, have documented every single process driving our services in a way that clients understand it and our team can repeat it and improve it. But The biggest thing is the clients see literally every milestone on the journey before they sign on the dotted line. There's never that moment where they say, hmm, what the heck are they up to? Our clients will never ask that about us because we're telling them, we're updating them, and they know what the next milestone is. And then back to our overall journey of who we are as an agency, you know, that we see the entire picture. So many agencies don't do that, and it's okay to specialize. I promote and bless and celebrate the specialists and the people who have picked their focus and do it incredibly, but sometimes what happens is agencies will say, I am a digital advertising agency, and if you come in my door, the only thing I'm going to try to sell you is digital advertising, when guess what? They might not need digital advertising. Maybe they're marketing to 75-year-olds in Wyoming, where direct mail is actually the answer. You know, you have to really, truly diagnose what the client needs, and so if someone comes in, we're going to give them the absolute truth about what they need. We're not married to those you know, whatever disciplines. And then last but not least is the use of extremely jargony terms in like legal language. Like, come on, the world is confusing enough. Like what you talk about and the way that you talk about it should be very, very to the point. And so our language is extremely casual, very to the point. And then this overall sense of, you know, no BS. We're going to tell you what it is. And so our USB, as you could tell, is this notion of the opposite, basically. And if you've seen Seinfeld, and you know about George Costanza, there's this one episode where he's like, I'm going to do the opposite. And so we are pretty much the opposite of most agencies you'll meet because of all this and because we recognize and go against this. To kind of sum it up and tie it all together, our USP isn't just one statement. And I keep going back to what Pamela said because I love it, (laughs) is that we live it. We live it. You look at every piece of copy on our website, it reflects these notions that I just described. You talk to Mm -hmm. us, and I'm sure you're listening and saying, yeah, I can see that. We literally live it. So it's not just this one boilerplate. It is the culture of who we are. That makes that makes sense. And, you know, I think that sometimes defining one of the best ways to define yourself is sort of to define what you're not. 
And uh, that's, you know, something that we've sort of been going through with Murmur Creative is trying to hone in on what we are. And a lot of that is realizing what we're not, what services we offer, what services we don't offer, you know, what we're good at, what we're not good at. And yeah, and obviously comparing ourselves to other agencies in, in our field, in our city and being like, yeah, we're not like that company. We're better than that company. Or maybe that company is better at us at this. Mm-hmm. How much has your customers sort of influenced your unique selling p- proposition? Yeah. So as I'm sure you could probably guess, the the customer influence of this has been pretty substantial. And, you know, basically this whole mission of being different came from, again, being on the other side as a customer of an agency, <clears throat> but also hearing these horror stories. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard, you know, that story from the client who was burned by that agency. Like it just truly breaks our hearts. And again, you know, we're pretty happy-go-lucky people and we don't like injustice of any sort, but it really breaks our hearts that this malpractice is going on. You name it, it's going on. It's being perpetuated. And so hearing these stories really inspired us and pushed us off the cliff to be like, you know what? We're going to be the opposite. We're going to, oh my gosh, my cliches. We're going to be that change we want to see in the agency world. (laughs) And so really our our customers influenced and inspired us to want to change the way that things are being held out there from the way we structure our agency to, you know, that story we tell. And you know what? Thanks to those bad agencies out there because you make it really easy, you know, but, um, (laughs) you know. And you, it, and I can attest to that, you know, just jumping off of that, saying that there are a lot of organizations out there where it seems as though they don't have good intentions, that they're more about money and getting bigger and power, but that will only take you so far. You have to be genuinely interested and genuinely happy for your clients and want to see them succeed in order for yourself to succeed. You are doing for them what you have to do for yourself. Um, And that's really, I say all the time that I'm, uh, you know, I am the communications manager at Top Hat IMC, but I'm also Ben's hype girl. You know, you've always got to be somebody's hype person. You've got to keep them going. And that will ultimately show through, through your work in everything that you do is that you care about your clients and you want to see them succeed. And if you don't, that's only going to get you so far. Definitely. Yeah. At Murmur Creative, we always are our, our account director. You know, she's a, she says she's a brand fanatic. She just loves our brands. <laughs> and that's something that we sort of is um, also expressed a lot in our, the social media stuff we do. We're constantly hyping the brands we work with and trying to celebrate the mm-hmm. brands that we work with for their accomplishments and stuff like that. And uh, I think that that's all that that attitude goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about tools because I, I feel like all agencies are sort of always going through sort of a, uh, rotating, um, allotment of software tools to help run their agency. What are you guys using for project management, for billing, for that sort of thing? Yeah. So I have to, I have to give a shout out to the guys that do inbound right now. They have an awesome project management software for agencies and, um, you know, that's something that we use. I We're probably that cliche agency who, <laughs> in the sense that we've tried pretty much every tool out there. Uh, and so you, you really have to find the one that works best for you. And so 
some of the things that we use do inbound for project management. Um, for workflows, we'll use Trello. So Trello mm-hmm. is really interesting. You can, as I'm sure you know, you set up different boards and then within them you can have different workflows where you drag stuff through it. And that's really helpful for defining process and managing through first invoicing. We're El Cheapo on that. In that sense, we use Wave Accounting, which is seriously, it is the greatest free invoicing software known to man. And you can do invoicing, you can do bookkeeping on that. And it's very straightforward. You can take credit cards through it. It's great. As far as the biggest player in our deck is Google Drive. And so every and pamela gets so annoyed i'm like did you put it on drive did you put it on drive did you put it in the right file (laughs) we have an agency file system that every single file lives on the cloud there's never that meltdown where the you know one of our graphic designers calls us and says my goodness my computer crashed and i lost the file it's like everything is on the drive all the time and it's synced to everyone's computer so you know let's say that a meteorite falls on my computer right now and, you know, God forbid, ends this conversation and my life, all the <laughs> files will live on in the drive. And so that's pretty much the the hand that we play with as far as tools. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a good um, suite of tools. I'm familiar with most of those. We use Google Drive and I've used Trello in the past. I haven't tried out the uh, do inbound software yet, but I got to do that one of these days. Yeah, that Definitely, since you've you've interviewed him, you buttered him up. Maybe I'll, I know. Uh, I'll give you a peek <laughs> <No>. inside. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's been awesome talking to you guys, and it's come to that portion of the show where I ask for um, a couple of takeaways. Um, we usually do three takeaways, but I figured I'd ask each of you for two takeaways. And that would be um, bits of advice that you might give to other creative agencies that are trying to make it, trying to define their USP. What do you guys got for me? Uh, well, I will take that one first, I guess. So um, we've only been married for a little bit over a year. And I would say that you know when you get married, you learn more about yourself than you ever thought you would. And adding a business, adding business ownership into that adds a certain level of self-awareness that can really create an environment that nurtures growth um, within your relationship and as a couple and as business partners. And I think the main thing that I've learned from just working together and working in an agency is that it can be very rewarding. It can be a very rewarding experience to work together, um, but you have to allow room for that to happen. And you have to give yourselves the freedom to make mistakes and work through them. And just like Ben has said before, you have to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And that's that's really all done through trial and error. And then I guess the second thing would be, I know it sounds really cliche, but it's 100% true that you have to value the time that you're given on this earth. And there's no point in wasting it on something that isn't fulfilling for you. Um, when I was working at a job that was not fulfilling for me, and it was more disheartening than anything, Ben and I were trying, we sat down and we tried to figure out what it was that would enhance our quality of life. And we had always wanted to work together, but we just didn't know what, when the right time for that would be. And we, you know, we sat down and we said, okay, there are going to be risks in this, but if this is what we ultimately want to do, and if this is what's going to make us happy, let's go for it. So when you're doing what you love, you'll find that you will be more open to opportunities and that um, 
you'll find more for more fulfillment in what you do. That's great. How about you, Ben? I don't know how I can beat those. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'll focus one on the whole working with your significant other and then the other on, you know, something that will change the way that you do business at an agency. But you know, when you're working together, I think you have to be really clear about what your intentions are or else you're gonna be led astray. And like Pamela was saying, you know, we really gave it a ton of thought. And so that was one of the best decisions we ever made because we vetted out any potential chance mm-hmm. that it wouldn't, you know, work out. And sure, there's always that chance, but we really, really gave it a lot of thought. We put a lot of structure into it. And by doing that, not only is our business thriving, but our marriage is thriving too, because those two ships can go down mm-hmm. together if you're not careful. And so just really be prepared, be very intentional if you're going to work with your significant other. And again, we've said it many times, prepare for the worst because the worst (laughs) will happen if you don't. Secondly, from a very straight up agency perspective, that intentionality has to exist as well. If you're not going in there with every preparation in the world. And if you're not a prepared and organized agency owner, maybe you're just the creative person. You need to find someone who is operations focused because an agency is only as good as its organization and its structures. And anyone who's ever worked for an agency without organization and structures knows that it is like the fire swamp. It is the worst thing ever with rats of unusual size running around everywhere. So so you have to be intentional and you have to be organized and you have to think of everything from, you know, how are we going to format our contracts to what is that USP to what are actually the core services that we offer and why? Why do we offer them? Why do we think they're important? So just being intentional in the agency that you're creating and growing and Really, that theme of intentionality is the biggest takeaway and thing that I've learned, uh, you know, over the years running an agency. That's awesome. Um, well, thanks. I appreciate the uh, the Princess Bride reference there as well. <laughs> hey, anytime. <laughs> Those are <R-U-S-ers. laughs> Well, Ben and Pamela, thanks so much for joining the Creative Agency Podcast. It was awesome to have you on. You've offered some really great advice. And um, I will provide a link to your website in the show notes that people can check out. Top Hat IMC. Thank you so much yeah, for having Yeah, thanks for putting us. up with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Creative Agency Podcast with your host, Chris Bolton. When he's not podcasting or being a dad, he's the Digital Strategy Director at Murmur Creative in Portland, Oregon. Be sure to visit us online at creativeagencypodcast.com.